We thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching from Metro Church. We hope this inspiring message will empower and enrich your life. Amen, amen. Hey, have you ever made a bad decision? No, of course not. Not this crowd. Like, you know, this church is perfect, right? Uh, Never made a bad decision. Let me rephrase that. Have you ever witnessed someone else make a bad decision? Yeah, now, yeah, we've all been there. We've seen someone else do it, right? When I thought about this this message, I actually thought about how there are whole social media pages and accounts that they literally live to just show someone else's mistake. You know, these, these accounts where, you know, somebody was painting and standing too tall up on the ladder without anyone balancing the ladder and ended up on the ground with paint on them, right? We, we've, we've seen people, uh, you know, go to do something and it ends very, very poorly, very badly, right? And so moments where people clearly hadn't, you know, thought through the consequences of their decisions and they end up with a painful lesson, right? No one likes to learn in the school of hard knocks, but sometimes we like to watch others, right? That's really, really bad, but it's true. We grew up on America's Funniest Videos. Don't act like you didn't, right? But what I will tell you is it is a lot easier to learn from someone else's mistake than it is your own. Uh, I think we all prefer that. And so I I can tell you, I, I remember a time... Okay, first I'll start with a time where I might have not made the best decision. Early in marriage, uh, has anyone ever been sold a vacuum? Some of you know what I'm talking about. There's this big company that likes to uh, schedule an appointment and show you just how dirty your house is by showing you how good their vacuum is. This was many, many years ago, and this the vacuum brand is far from cheap. And I remember my wife wasn't home, and I was like, I'm going to surprise her with this awesome new vacuum because I've just come to realize how dirty our house really is and how even after I vacuum, their vacuum comes behind and shows just how much better it is than my vacuum, okay? And then uh, with four easy payments later, I realized I was in a bad situation. And uh, my wife was quick to say, hey, how about we don't ever buy things like this without us talking about it? And I learned my lesson. Anyone else learned your lesson on those moments? Yeah, vacuums for sale if you want. No, just play. This was years and years ago. <laughs> years and years ago. But, but I've, I've experienced bad decisions, but I have witnessed some doozies myself, you know? Uh, I, I remember I, one of my friends was in town. Uh, he and his, his wife were in town, um, you know, and, and we hadn't seen each other in a very long time. So we decided, you know what? We're going to uh, go down to Providence and go to eat at this all-you-can-eat, amazing, awesome location. Okay, it's not just simply a buffet. It's like they cook it right in front of you It's kind of like that Mongolian grill style, but American you can go through and choose anything you want to eat Put together your own concoctions and then they will cook it in front of you You can eat it and you can go for another again 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 and I remember thinking, oh, this will be fun. Yeah, they've never been here. Let's, let's take them there. And, and so we'll, we'll eat here, and then we'll, we'll get reservations, and we'll go do dinner there, uh, dessert there. And it'll just be kind of like a night out for foodies. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Oh, don't look at me like that. Have you never had apps in one place, a dinner in another place, and a dessert in another? If not, you're not living. You know? Spread it around a little bit. You know what I'm saying? 
go and experience it all, foodies. But anyway, so he, he was experiencing it all. He was eating and eating, and he was, he was mixing things you just shouldn't mix. You know, there's certain surf and turfs that you just shouldn't do. You know, like adding shrimp to a steak and cheese is not a true surf and turf and should probably be avoided, okay? He was making concoctions that just shouldn't be. Okay? And I'm looking at Julie, and she's looking at me, and we're like, this is not going to end well. He, he had no end in sight. Have you ever ridden in, like, a golf cart, and you're going down a hill, and, and you, you're starting to pick up steam and speed, and, and, and then all of a sudden it starts to pull back on you, the engine's slowing itself down? Something called the governor. He had none of that. There was no slowdown in him. He was going for another and another, and he was cross-mixing foods that you just don't do. And, and so I just kind of, I looked at him and I said, hey man, you do remember we're supposed to be having dessert after this. He's like, oh, I know, it was my last plate. And I was like, uh, uh. But, so here's what happened. What ended up happening was we ended up going to desserts and not only did he get a humongo dessert to go on top of all the stuff he had already eaten, after he was finishing up my dessert that I couldn't finish, it hit him. Have you ever seen a man hit a wall? and question everything about life. I'm telling you, I could see his, it was floating. I could see food floating in his eyes like a cartoon. And I just realized he's not gonna make it home. And he looked and he, he excused himself from the table. And he said, I must go. And he was gone for quite a while time. And I just realized that that is what the scripture means by glutton. But in the moment, I realized I could see the bad decisions he was making, and he didn't understand the consequences that were to come. Today, I want to talk to you about consequences of not considering. As I start to think about consequences and food and what happened with my friends, it drives me to this place in Genesis 25 where we find ourselves the consequences of some lentil soup. And so we're going to go there together, but let me catch you up in the story. Uh, Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. You know, People are like, what is going on? So let's just praise the Lord. Right. Sorry. Anyone that, has, anyone that has no clue what we're doing right now, all it means is that I grew up in Sunday school class, okay? Um, yes, let's give a hand for our kids' ministry that is crushing it right now. And actually, our kids' pastor is right here. Come on, Peter and Francie, stand up. Stand up! They're doing a terrific job. Absolutely terrific job. I'll tell you the things that get put into you as a child. They just don't go away, including that hip-hop song. But Abraham... And Sarah had a son named Isaac, and Isaac and Rebekah in their old age, they had twins known as Esau and Jacob. Okay, I'm just catching you up in the story. Esau and Jacob, they grow up. Esau, who is the firstborn by a few minutes, we don't really know, but he was twins, right? Uh, he grows up to be a great woodsman and hunter and man of the fields, whereas Jacob, he's, he's probably a little bit more metro man, you know, a little bit more cook, a little bit more sous chef, you know what I'm talking about? And so they're, they're definitely different. And we pick up in the story, it goes a little something like this. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. Say famished. 
He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthrights. Dun, dun, dun. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. It wasn't even just, it wasn't even like beefaroni or anything that had some sustenance. It was lentil soup, right? And so Esau despised his birthright. Say his. So to gain full understanding of what Esau had just done, let me help you understand what the birthright was back then, okay? The firstborn son received the birthright, which came with it a double portion of an inheritance, and it also made him the family's future priestly leader. He, was, uh, he didn't do anything to deserve this, by the way. It was a gift. It was given to him as the firstborn. The father had given him a birthright. Do you realize in our Christian walk, we are given something we don't deserve? When we become co-heirs with Christ, our inheritance is not based on what we did. It's based on what the Father gave us. Okay? And so what's interesting, though, is when you understand how big the birthright was, it makes this story even crazier. How on earth could this happen? I mean, it's easy for us to sit here now and say, how on earth could Esau do something so dumb? How could he give up something of long-term benefit for something short-lived, right? How on earth could he allow a bowl of stew, lentil stew nonetheless, steal something so prized? Are you getting this? The short answer is that he couldn't think past lunch. Literally. Maybe that's where the saying came from. He was so nearsighted, all he could focus on what was right in front of him. He couldn't think beyond the decision. When we can't look past the situation in front of us and see the repercussions of our decisions, we're only going to live for the moment. In fact, that's what this world does. It encourages you to only live for the moment, to do what you feel now. In fact, there's this new commercial that basically the whole commercial is based on um, listening to your body and doing what it says. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, if that's not like the plot of the devil, I don't know what it is. And it's some like athletic thing. Some, and I'm just looking at this thing going, so wait a minute. You're, you're literally just encouraging generations to just do whatever the body tells it to do without considering the consequences. You know, I always love to make the young people feel like I'm not hip anymore by using out-of-date terms. And so I always try and bring up YOLO because that's so long ago now, but this whole you only live once thing, and so just do it while you can. It's, it's this concept that the devil doesn't even, he doesn't have to make you bad. He's just got to make you feel like you got to make the decision now, and then you'll make a bad decision. If he can just get you to not think, you'll get yourself into plenty of problems. All we have to do is turn on the news and hear another story of how someone was overcome by an emotion or desire and did something they can't take back. Whether it was driven by hunger or anger 
or lust or even desire for justice, there was no, uh, there, there are now consequences that can't be undone. Do you know you can be driven by the right thing and still do the wrong thing? Do you know the right thing in the wrong time is still the wrong thing? See, you can even burn with holy discontent to want to see change, but if you bring it upon yourself in the wrong way, it's still wrong. Are you getting this? We've got to consider the consequences, right? So, so when I think about all this, how can we protect ourselves from the consequences of bad decisions? Number one, before deciding, consider your clarity. Esau couldn't weigh the consequences because he was already in such a weak state, both physically and mentally, he couldn't see clearly. Sometimes it's hard for us to make a good decision because we're already overwhelmed by a lack of neutrality in our judgments. We're just not in a neutral place to be able to see it clearly. Okay, let me make this hit home for you even closer. I do not do my family any good. I do not help them in any way going to the grocery store hungry. You, you want to send me with a list of things to get and I'm hungry, I'm going to come back with a list of things you didn't ask for. Why? Because I'm no longer neutral. Little Debbie has tempted me in all the right ways. Like, oh, hey, it's been a while. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you still hang out on this corner, huh? I see you and your friends. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, and I'm laughing, but come on, there's something about those little shortcake rolls and something about those little, those little, oh, don't make me go down that path. But I don't do my family any good when I'm not neutral. When I can't see clearly, I make all sorts of mistakes. Esau, he was so hungry, he was hangry. He believed he was going to die. So, he was so overwhelmed by urge and by hunger pains, he couldn't see the decision standing before him clearly. Had he come in from the fields a little earlier because he was getting hungry, Maybe he wouldn't have felt like he was going to die. Maybe he could have found a snack to hold him over before making a horrible decision. Are you getting this? I talk about how the professionals say that when you're hungry and when you're angry and when you're lonely and when you're tired, you shouldn't make major decisions, right? That's the halt, H-A-L-T, halt. Don't make a major decision in this moment. Why? Because you can't see things clearly. You're seeing things as you are, not as they are, right? And so... Can you see the situation with yourself outside of it? Sometimes the best thing you need to do is just take another vantage point. You just need to step away from the situation and look at it so that you can see it a little bit clearer. Stop making momentary decisions thinking they will not have long-term consequences. We see things like this happen every day. We see people who can't control their urge, give in and, and lose everything from their marriage to their ministry to an affair. Uh, we see people lose their freedom or, or their children because they decided to break the law in a moment. Look at we need to understand and learn to delay gratification. It will secure your future. Delayed gratification. What does that mean? What it means is what I want I'm believing I'll eventually have, but I'm going to use the discipline to get it the way that I'm supposed to get it, not fast track to get it. See, the world will tell you either get it now or you'll never have it. But they also don't have any wisdom, so that's what they believe. 
and that's what they continue to pass on generation to generation. See, when we understand that God is a God of sowing and reaping, he's a God that says everything is beautiful in its time, we've got to understand that we who are supposed to be like him have to conquer this need it now mentality. Right? And so, so th- think of it like this. When we lose clarity, we make decisions off of impulse, not the process. God is a God of process. You know, our Father in heaven tries to protect us from stupidity on earth. Okay? My Father on earth tried to protect me from stupidity on earth too. And so I remember when I was 18 years old, I got something in the mail and it said, you're qualified. They were lying. I was not qualified. I was not qualified to receive that letter. And I was like, dad, check this out. Free money. They want to give me a credit card. And he goes, you know what that is? And I said, what? He said, that's a hook in the water. Wondering if you're stupid enough to bite. I said, who are you calling stupid? If anyone could call me stupid, it's my dad. But I was 18, so I was acting a big game. No, no, I'm just playing. But the point was simply this. He helped me understand something. If it's free, it's not free. The only thing that came free is the grace that God gave, but it didn't even come free. Like there's this whole thing. It's free to us, but it doesn't mean it costs no one something, right? But what I will say is this. If we don't understand delayed gratification, we're going to be living in debt for the next 40 years and pass it on to our grandkids because we have just passed on a broken system. Our government knows what a broken system looks like. What's debt to them? Make it rain. Someone else will pay for it. Our kids, 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 kids. We'll keep going unless Jesus comes back. But what I'm trying to say is we must have delayed gratification. When you rush to get what you want now, you're bound to get something you don't want later. Did you get that? Number two, before deciding, consider the consequences. Esau couldn't weigh the consequences of his action because all he could smell was stew. Someone needs to hear this. Are you ready? When the soup smells that good, get out of the kitchen. When they're looking that good, get out of the kitchen. Hmm. Brings me back to Joseph. When they're looking that good, you got to run even if you're running out naked and they're holding on to the cloak. You got to just get out of temptation's way instead of trying to make a decision in the middle of the kitchen. That's a problem. You've got to consider the consequences rather than just the urge. Before deciding, consider the consequences. It's hard to consider the consequences when temptation is already in the air. If only... Esau had been wise enough to get out of the kitchen. Take some time to consider what it would really be like years down the road to lose his father's promise. If we don't consider the consequences of our actions, we too will give away our father's promise for the world's cheap goods. Before saying yes to him or saying uh, yes in going with her or going and doing that with them, consider the consequences that lie on the other side of the decisions you're about to make. What could go wrong if I make this decision? Too few people are actually asking that question anymore. They're saying, we'll figure it out on the other side. On the other side, they will be forced to live with the uh, the consequences that aren't coincidence. 
We've got to stop. We've got to teach the next generation by showing them we know how to do it. Not do as I say, not as I do. That's how many of us are living today is we're trying to do what maybe our parents didn't do for us. But let us pass on to the next generation some restraint and showing them what delayed gratification looks like and showing them how to, how to work themselves out of bad situations, not figuring it out on the other side. Yes? So we have to see ourselves on the other side of the decision. Imagine yourself living with this decision forever. You thinking about changing jobs? What would it look like to leave this company for that one? What would it look like to work for that person years to come? Thinking about marrying that person? How well do they treat their parents? Are they reliable to anyone other than you? Are you thinking about calling something quits? Think beyond today and consider the ripple effects and be sure you're riding the wave of the decision, not drowning from it. So number three, before deciding, consider wise counsel. Consider wise counsel. And I don't just mean going to your friends who haven't gotten it right. See, if Esau would have sought counsel from anyone, anyone, anyone not hungry or hangry, standing in the kitchen, they would have steered him straight. They would have been like, are you crazy, man? I need to help you understand. Oftentimes people make a bad decision just because they didn't talk to somebody about it. Just because they didn't get some wise counsel on it. If, if Esau had talked to anyone, they would have handed him a Snickers. Tell him he's acting like a diva. Or probably more like hummus back in the day. But they would have given him something, told him to go sit in the shade and to cool off and, and to calm down and, and to have a better view of what he was just about to do. So before making a bad decision, consider wise counsel. Look what Proverbs 12 tells us. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The wise listen to advice. So the, 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 the way of fools seems right to them. If, if you've been um, reading through the Bible with me like we started at the beginning of the year, then you too would have gone through Judges recently. And in the book of Judges, it's constantly showing us uh, just a time period where there was this theme that constantly ran through it. And it said this, because there was no king in Israel, people did what was right in their own eyes. In their own eyes, they did what was right to them. And you know what the whole book of Judges is? God having to show up and bail them out time after time after time with a judge to be able to fix things because they couldn't see it correctly and they weren't considering the consequences. They weren't people taking advice. They weren't wise. Every time a judge were just about to die in the book of Judges, he would tell them exactly how they were supposed to live so that they could continue to move forward in God's blessing. They would hear it. They wouldn't take the wisdom. They would be back in the same problem, and God would have to come and bail them out again. You're like, man, I didn't think the Bible was that accurate or had anything to do with my life. The book of Judges might be your life. Someone tells you the right thing to do, you disregard it, God has to bail you out, and then you're like, oh Lord, what are we going to do? And someone gives you the right decision or information again, and you don't, how about today we decide to take the right information and listen to advice, right? We need to better our life, not get in the same cycle and run round and round. And so before you make that decision, consider wise counsel. Also, 
when you're talking about wise counsel, understand the one who created everything is the one with the most wisdom. We should be going to God for our counsel, going to his word, right? Uh, you know, pray to God about your struggles and ask him for wisdom. James 1, 5, and 6 says, if anyone, uh, any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding faults, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. So the God who created everything is only a step away. He's only one prayer away to hear you, to hear your needs. And if the Bible says that if we need wisdom, we should ask without doubting, and he will, he'll show up. He'll turn up. I'll tell you right now, if, if you're trying to have a coffee with me, if, if you're trying to reach out, because I understand, look, there are plenty of people that, that I go to when I've got issues, and I'm, I, hey, I'm reading this in the Bible. I even want other pastors' perspectives, so I've got people that I submit my life to, and I listen to their word. I'll be with one of them next week with Pastor Steve. Uh, and so, look, at when I'm looking at life, I understand, look, we need some wise counsel. But I'll tell you, don't come to me as if I'm the first person you've ever talked to about this. You better be talking to God about it. He has the ability to give you wisdom. This is a church that helps you understand you can open the Bible, read his word, and access him directly. You don't need another man or another person to specifically connect you with God. You need people to run this race for God. You need a healthy church. You need a pastor, but you need a relationship with God where you can talk to him yourself. After you've prayed about it, after you've talked to God about it, if you need some insight, cool. Talk to somebody. I'm happy to be one of those people. But let's just make sure that we're asking people that we respect, people that are further down the track with a good track record. Right? How about this? Don't look for advice from someone who hasn't figured it out to feel better about yourself. Go to someone who has figured it out to better yourself. Yeah. Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. See, we have the ability to have wisdom from God. His word is there. I want to challenge you, instead of picking up that other book, Instead of turning back on that series you've been binging, why not pick up God's word and say, God, what do you want to say to me first? What wisdom have I drowned out because I haven't opened up your word and asked you to speak to me? Considering the consequences, it's one of those situations where we should live already knowing who God has called us to be, already knowing the things that honor God and what dishonors God, already making the decisions to live a life that he honors and that he blesses and that he favors so that we're not making hard decisions in a kitchen we shouldn't have been in. If you want to get better at considering the consequences, look at it on the other side. God, you gave me this life that I have. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You've given me purpose and I want to be about your purpose. I want my life to honor you. And so every decision I'm making, it's not just whether it's good for me, it's whether it's what it's meant to be. 
It's whether what you, have you created me to take this track? I'm not trying to make everything so spiritual, but you're spiritual. Just as physical as you are, there's a spirit that will live on. And we want to honor God so that we can live with him forever. If you want to make more right decisions, if you want to begin gaining positive momentum in your life, then it all starts by allowing the God who created your life to be a part of your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We hope you've enjoyed this teaching from Metro Church.